Hey, y'all. Welcome to B-Sides and Deep Dives, a podcast that celebrates music off the beaten path on the other side of the record. You know, back in the vinyl days, all the radio hits were on the front side, the A side, but the true treasures were on the other side of the record, the B side. In today's modern music landscape, there is nothing better than just finding an old school song or artist long forgotten about on a deep dive. I'm Lisa, a recovering Columbia House member with multiple musical personalities and I require playlists for every mood. And I'm Taya, a recovering mixtape maker and musical overthinker. Thanks for tuning in and if you like what you hear, be sure to give us a like, follow and subscribe and check out all the songs we mentioned on Spotify, the exclusive home for B-Sides and Deep Dives playlists. We want to thank you guys for all your feedback on our Luther episode. And yeah, I know, I might have been out of pocket for the whole Keith Sweat thing, but hear me out. We want y'all to chime in. I'm not always right, but um, I thought about it for a second. And what we really want you to do is tell your friends to listen too. The way this whole thing works is the more listeners we get and the more traction we get, the better off the production will be. And we want the traction. We want the traffic. We want all the smoke. For those of you who may not have a more personal connection with us, we can be reached on our Facebook pages, our actual blog, or via email at, you guessed it, B-Sides and Deep Dives, all one word, at Gmail. We welcome the dialogue. And what else are you doing during this social distancing time? So there's been a lot of musical losses in these last couple of weeks. We lost Little Richard, the king and architect. We lost Betty Wright, one of the original bad girls of soul music, the cleanup woman, who we're eventually going to do an episode on because her unsung debut this year and it was very eye-opening. We most recently lost Andre Harrell, the undeniable architect of what we call hip-hop soul. And more than that, he was the soundtrack for the 90s as we know it. He ushered in the brand and lifestyle that we now associate with the ballers and shot callers in the industry. He really wasn't on our horizon, um, but we were working on other things, working our way around to Mary J. Blige, um, and we had to stop what we were doing for this one right here. Yeah, of all three losses, the loss of Andre Harrell probably hits closest to home because as we were coming of age, leaving home, going to college. He was the tastemaker, the facilitator, and the godfather of the music we became adults to. So this episode is a tribute to the great Andre Harrell. We'll be sharing some of our favorite songs that he was involved with, whether as an executive producer, producer, the one who signed the artist, um, writer or performer. Uh, And we'll also share some songs we were surprised to learn that he was involved in and talk about what we think are the cornerstones of his legacy. And for our regular listeners, I'll be sure finally gets his due. Yay! With a legacy as big as Andre Harrell's, there's really no one playlist that we could create that would encapsulate the full breadth and depth of his legacy. But here are some of the B-side songs 
that really stood out for us. Okay. As usual, I'm probably not following the rules exactly as they are stated. Um, this was difficult for me because there isn't a specific song. It's just a whole vibe. Like that John A. sophomore album um, was, is, was a vibe. Um, but this is my opportunity to discuss some of my favorites, like Heavy D, Christopher Williams, and Al B. Shore. Um, in effect mode, um, ooh, this love is so, it's just like, it's, it's, I don't know if it counts as a B-side, but it was one of my absolute favorites um, because it was so tender. Um, Love No Limit by Mary J. Blige will always be my all-time favorite song of hers. I'm lying, it's happy. But this one before I knew what happy was. Um, I remember <laughs> seeing an interview <laughs> with Andre Harrell and he talks about how that tone, that low vibrato that she's holding that song in was his idea. Um, I even love the remix where she's singing in a higher octave over keep rising to the top underneath it. Um, in fact, we cha-cha'd at my wedding to that song um, and it was everything and it still is. The other notable songs for me are actually the ones off Robin Thicke's album. I didn't know that he was involved in that Robin Thicke project. And uh, there's a little a slow jam on there. Everybody loves Lost Without You. But the one I'm thinking of is, I think it's called The Sweetest. And it's just, again, the same thing I like about um, Ooh, This Love Is So. It's got this tender, it's falsetto also, by the way. I, I must have a falsetto addiction. Anyway, that's as, close, that's as close to following the rules as I can go. What about you? I, I, I thank you for your restraint. Um, <laughs> Don't get used to it. I thank you for your restraint. Um, this, I will agree though, all kidding aside, this was hard. Um, this is literally the soundtrack of my first few years, um, you know, first year, especially at Berkeley. Um, it just really, really, um, it's the songs that we heard at the dances, you know, that the alphas threw. It was like, you know, so it's, it's difficult. Alpha Alpha <laughs> right. Incorporated. So it's really difficult to just zero in on a few songs. But if I could think of some of the B-sides um, that I really love from things that, you know, that Uptown sound. I'm thinking about from Christopher Williams' first album, Lift You Up and Turn Your Hurt Around. Um, and Lover Come Back. Um, I'm getting ready to cheat. Uh, both mm, of those you. songs. <laughs> I know. I know. Kel Surprise. Uh, but both of those songs actually really had a really strong Quiet Storm vibe, actually. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, he still, he obviously had, you know, those uptown grooves. But those were songs I really love. I remember putting on mixtapes for people. Um, that lift you up and turn your hurt around was like the classic, you know, let me treat you better than your, you know, bummy ex-boyfriend song. Um, Smile from Guy's second album, The, the Future. Future. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, just such a cha-cha classic. Um, love that, love that song and just the tone. There was also um, a really gospel-y feel to it, like gospel-y mm -hmm. quartet kind of vibe to it um, and this one is definitely a cheat not only because it's my fourth song but also because but I counting? believe I know but I believe Mary had already left um, Uptown by this time but it's uh, from Share My World a little song called Get to Know You Better mm -hmm, it's just a mm -hmm. really sweet little kind of bop song um, 
I just, yeah. you know, there's so many songs. It's really hard. It really, he really did create the soundtrack um, for that time in our lives. Yeah. Um, and he really was a true journeyman of the music industry. You know, he came up under Russell Simmons and came a full circle from having Puff as an intern to working for Puff at the end of his career at Revolt Records. Um, but his ear was always to the streets. Um, he evolved from Def Jam to Uptown MCA to MCA proper to Motown to Revolt. And he was always looking for ways to link the old school and the new school together. You know, all the black music execs that we can think of try to follow the Barry Gordy model. Um, and he was no exception. Um, except that he used to actually try to hold actual conferences where industry insiders would get together and network. He would intentionally um, introduce new artists to established people. Um, and he and Puffy kept that spirit alive, hosting this event where um, he insisted that every established executive um, had to get up and share with the up and comers what they had to do to ascend. Um, you know, we all have seen the, and heard about the infamous cheesecake story, but um, oh, yes. Andre Harrell makes Puffy go do that. It's not cheesecake, it's cassettes. Um, and he, Puffy runs 10 blocks according to the lore to um, to do this, just to show his dedication and his, his love for the music. So when we start talking in depth about Andre, we have to realize that Everything about what we've experienced through his creations was intentional. In his passing, we learned so much about just how far reaching Andre Harrell's influence was as a music executive and tastemaker. And here are some of the songs of his that are favorites of ours um, that we didn't know he had any involvement in until his passing. So these are kind of sweet surprises um, to learn uh, that he was involved in bringing these songs to us. Okay, yeah. For me, that's actually gonna be Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke. It was a big deal. That was the song of the summer. Um, and I had already liked the artist known as Thicky. Um, and his first project. So, um, but when this thing hit, it was a whole entire mood. Um, not just for the two-step vibe, but for um, even what happened with the lawsuit and the verdict. Now, me, myself, personally, I am a Marvin Stan, and I really do understand the verdict, but I also appreciated the sentiment, like the homage, like got to give it up is a standard at all of our family events. And I know that eight count by heart and I knew it when I heard it, but I also kind of felt a type of way about the frustration of our classics being lifted. It didn't help that Robin Thicke wasn't exactly black, but I somehow managed to quote Kanye in every episode. And right now I must say, <laughs> F you pay me, like the estate deserved that money. So run them that coin. Um, and I said what I said. The other surprise track for me is Stilo by 702. I loved anything by Timberland and Missy back then. Um, I was living in Virginia at the time and they could do no wrong. Stilo had this funky vibe um, and it was at the end of that era, but you know, Andre still had the magic touch. Um, VA stand up. I don't know if I, how I feel about the uh, blurred lines. Um, 
I am surprised to learn that he was involved in it. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I struggle with it a little bit because there are a lot of songs in the culture that borrow a bit from previous songs um, and by way of homage and also because, you know, there's not as much new under the sun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, you know who you quoting right there. I ain't going to say know, her name. I am. I know. And she will be listening. Oh, <laughs> uh, shout out to Helen Bay. Helen uh, Bay. <laughs> so I, I struggled a little bit with that, but certainly um, just under the heading of, you know, our classic artists, you know, sort of being honored and, and respected and, you know, for whatever they produce, I get that. Um, I think for me, the surprise for me was learning that he had an involvement in that sophomore album by Jeanne that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. I loved that album so much. I wore it out. Um, I don't know how many um, mixtapes and mixed CDs that I put Crush and Confusion from that mm-hmm. project on. Just um, beautiful, like that kind of on our way to what we now know as Neo Soul mm-hmm, kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. I, I loved just their sound. And so to know that he had an involvement, even in the progression from, you know, hip hop soul to this other kind of expression of soul music that actually kind of harkened back to what we loved kind of in the 70s um, was just awesome. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite uh, surprise. And I agree. Um, Jeanne's first two albums are a lot like Mary J's. They, they seem like one long album. Um, and somewhere in there, Andre jumps in and just kind of takes the production in another direction, but still keeps the, the mood and the, the, the concept intact. So y'all, this is a podcast about a playlist and we've been talking a lot about Andre and his impact and we haven't told you about the songs on the actual playlist that go with the actual podcast. Um, (laughs) One observation that I want to share is what I like about what Andre Harrell did with he had uptown was he encouraged um, his artists to do make remakes that really, um, worked with their style of singing whether it was Bobby Womack and KC and Jojo whether it was Mary J Blige and Shaka Khan you know Mary J Blige and um what is the word called auditions singing Anita Baker but the song that she does on her album the remake is Sweet Thing and I'm trying to think Christopher Williams I think does Teddy Pendergrass and then on this playlist there is a remake of Soul For Real doing If Only You Knew Taya which which I had never heard um and actually, I um, I enjoyed it. Of course, you know, remakes are hard, but you're right. Because he also, um, Mary does a remake of I'm Going Down. Yeah. I on the My Life album. Out. And mm-hmm. it really, it not only fits her voice, but it mm-hmm. appears to, knowing in hindsight, fit where she was. Yeah. You know what I mean? Emotionally at the time. So it's a skill, you know, yeah. because we all know remakes that people should not have attempted not Mm. just from a vocal standpoint but just from like a vibe and a a mood you know kind of standpoint so 
um, just, you know, another um, more evidence of just, you know, what a great ear for talent and music and all the things that make somebody an artist. Yeah, and that version of If Only You Knew is on this playlist um, on Spotify that we want you guys to check out. Some other highlights from the playlist for me has to be You and I by Jodeci. I know forever my lady come and talk to me and stay where the radio hits, but I'm still waiting and you and I are the reason my Jodeci tape did not have any ink on it whatsoever. I had it memorized. I knew how to hit rewind to the exact point um, for you and I, I just, the angst in that song was never replicated in any other Jodeci song. Um, for Mary J it's, I'm the only woman that was yeah. my jam <laughs> over that, over that, um, beat, which is classic Harrell and Puffy, where they don't even try to sample. They just give you the bed of a funky song and you just, it's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. Um, for Guy, it would be You Can Call Me Crazy and Tease Me Tonight. You know, Guy was known for their slow jams and I Like was their one up-tempo hit. But You Can Call Me Crazy was also, I mean, as close to a B-side as anything on that album came. What about you? Well, I, first of all, I agree with you on I'm Still Waiting. That's probably one of my favorite Jodeci songs. Um, and I recognize that I'm not like a huge, huge Jodeci fan. And these stand, feelings are like so them. very strong. Yeah, that that's a jam. Um, a couple of songs I wanted to touch on. One for the Money by Horace Brown, who I don't know why he didn't become bigger, but because his name's um, Horace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe Horace, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, there's a song called "There She Goes." on one of Babyface's albums that's a little bop that's a knock and kind of surprising it doesn't when I think of Babyface I don't think of tunes like that so I would check that out um another song and it might be a stretch but during uh, Andre Harrell's time at Motown they had like a little sub imprint called Mo Jazz mm-hmm. which was kind of like a little bit of a you know, I don't know if we would call it smooth jazz or jazz fusion mm-hmm. um, kind of label, but there was a group on that label called Impromptu. From Cali. From Cali that just, oh my God, their first album, I just wore out. Um, so I would definitely check out You're Gonna Love It um, and My All, which are both on the playlist. And You're Gonna Love It has the best use of the non-word conversate probably in any, in any song that I could think of. Um, so do check those out. And then also 702, um, I Still Love You, um, and Stilo, we mm-hmm. both have on the list. Um, 702 is really, I feel like they're almost, um, they're unappreciated for who they really were. Um, you know, so... I would definitely check those out, but probably my biggest standout are those uh, songs from the Mojaz imprint. Um, yeah, you're yeah, gonna love 702 it. Got they kind of got swallowed up in the three LW, all the girl groups, and then there yeah. was a certain other girl group. I can't remember their names. They were from Texas, but oh god. Anyway, they came and just killed everybody. Yeah, killed career. the game. Yeah, I, I'm not as I recall, they them, killed the game. They ethered it because 702 had the pipes 
and so did 3LW and there was three or four other little girl groups out there but then these other chicks came along what we wanted to share with our listeners is that this whole Andre Harrell project was kind of a an audible where we we wanted to focus on the artists and we were like oh we'll just pick a couple songs you know it's not that hard but it really was a challenge because Andre made so many hits there were actually few b-sides and so we just wanted to make sure that everyone knew that we do have a playlist it is up on Spotify and you can find our playlist on Spotify at b-sides and deep dives Um, you will be able to find this podcast on Apple on Spotify and about four other um, podcast locations. So please tell your friends about it and uh, enjoy the music. So here's a surprise. We're West Coast girls. And we were always of the opinion growing up that New Yorkers exaggerated how live urban New York City was back in those days. Entire movies were dedicated to it. TV shows glorified it. MTV reiterated it. Cali looked like palm trees and gangbangers. And Hype Williams, Diddy and them made Brooklyn, the Bronx, and Manhattan look like the place to be. And all of that imagery was orchestrated by Andre Harrell. He says that when he was on the road with LL Cool J, he realized that hip hop would be as popular as R&B groups like New Edition. And he made it his business to promote a champagne lifestyle. It was the new culture in urban music. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, when we when I look back at that time, it did. It looked like this big, beautiful um, urban metropolis. You know, where everybody, you know, dressed Lived in, in a fur coats, right? Fur coats and Timberlands, and mm-hmm. um, and you know, just big cars. Big, yes, the Lex Coops, the Beamers, and the Benz, which Andre Harrell also produced. <laughs> so he definitely left that. Um, but if I would say what his legacy. Um, is I think about the artists. I think about Mary J. I think about Heavy D. I think about Puff, Biggie, Jodeci, Guy. You know, the songs that they produced. And certainly, I mean, when you think about, you know, an iconic work like My Life, mm. if you didn't do anything else but get that artist to that point to deliver such a singular work, like that's a huge achievement and it it completely shifted how we were thinking about R&B at the time. Yeah. He was I mean di- it, you know even Jodeci and Guy although mm-hmm. I, I definitely lean towards more Guy than Jodeci but both of them you know was just like sort of gospel singing mm-hmm. over hip hop tracks mm-hmm. you know creating like a totally new sound and so I, so when I think of his legacy, even though certainly the style was his legacy and the artist obviously um, represented the style, but for me, it's, it's the artist, it's the songs. Yeah, I mean, and this is a musical podcast and playlist. We really are about the music. What made Andre Harrell a game changer for me was he was hitting on all cylinders. He did movies, he did soundtracks, he did TV shows. New York Undercover was must-see TV 
in those days when we were growing up. And the other thing about it, if you remember, it always ended with a nightclub scene and one of our favorite artists performing. So he was really making sure that he stayed on message and on brand at all time. Remember, that was back in the day when you might see one of your favorite R&B artists on The Cosby Show or on A Different World. Um, and then you'd watch him on Arsenio and you know we may not have thought the movie Strictly Business was a big deal but it gave us a certain little actress uh, by the name of Halle Berry you know put her on the map you know proper so he really was um, an image maker Um, and in an interview with the, (laughs) the Breakfast Club once he mentions how back in his day and really ours too Remember when you'd watch the Grammys and the AMAs and our favorite artists would receive their awards off screen, like during commercials, and they yes. say stuff like, awarded earlier tonight, Natalie Cole, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, we would watch rock and roll, pop and country dominate the live show. Andre Harrell said about two years ago, now those acts are received their awards during the commercial break. And no awards show, no music award show is complete without urban music opening, closing, and being the main attraction. Um, he felt like he had seen the tides turn. And, you know, although he wasn't claiming full credit, I'm confident that um, he is the architect of the movement that took our music from the back burner to the main stage. Absolutely. And it was definitely, and you know, you mentioned once that he was following and many uh uh, black and soul music executives were following um, kind of the blueprint of Barry Gordy. And he had created essentially, Andre Harrell created the new sound of young America. Exactly. Right? He was, he's very proud um, of that. He was very proud of that. He created that new sound of young America. Um, but what the difference was, it was not a sanitized sound. Right, right. It was not and overly, well, there was a polish and there was a slickness to it, but it was very much them being themselves, not sort of modifying themselves to be palatable to, you know, sort of a a dominant culture audience, but saying, this is who we are and making this culture that we live every day, um, amplifying it, making it luxurious, making it shiny um, and exciting and alluring and and thereby sort of making it as you know setting the tone and the taste for then what the rest of the country and even the world wanted and and desired as cool yeah it really um, we he delivered he delivered it in a in a package and he, he uh, created a template that's been followed by many after him um and more than that, he controlled the image. You're right. It wasn't pristine and super clean. I, there was an article I read where he said that um, Jodeci was supposed to perform at a certain event that was uh, considered a formal event. And, you know, the performers were dressed nice and wore ties and stuff. And he was like, no, let them wear boots and baggy because that was, you know, that was the style of the street. That's what urban hip hop and R&B was. And the funny thing is that's like every day now. Like, I don't know the last time we've seen performers on stage um, have that kind of um, command, that kind of attention, and be able to produce that kind, present themselves as individuals, and that's what I think um, his legacy is on the industry.
it has come to the attention of the management <laughs> that on Spotify, you can search our playlist and our podcast separately. So if you put in the letter B space, the word sides, as in more than one, the and side deep dives, you'll get the podcast. And if you put in B sides, one word and spell out deep dives, the playlist pops up. Give us a few weeks to get this business straight, <laughs> but tell your friends anyway, because the more hits we get, the easier we will be to find. Don't forget to tell us what you think on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We are B-Sides and Deep Dives. And don't forget to check out the other lists we've posted and let us know what you think. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks for listening. And we'll and see, we'll see you, you on, on the B-Side. B-side. <laughs> <laughs> we never get this one.